0: Have you ever heard the statement, everyone needs a pastor? I've heard it my entire life. And in today's episode, we are going to explore what is a pastor, what are the qualifications for a pastor, and what is a pastor supposed to do? So go ahead and grab a Bible, sit back and relax. We're going to explore all of this right now on The Great Sift. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. When you hear the name Stephen Furtick, Joel Osteen, Michael Todd... Bill Johnson, John MacArthur, um, James White, Jeff Durbin, A.W. Tozer, or T.D. Jakes. What, What comes to mind when you really think of those names? Well, if you know anything about the church world today, especially in the West, in America, those names resonate with a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. They are all... Pastors. They are all what people in America would call a pastor. But the question is, what exactly does that even mean? How do we know what a pastor is? What are their qualifications and what are they supposed to be doing? You see, I remember a time I was living in Houston, Texas, and I remember the very first time this happened. I was driving down Highway 59 going into downtown Houston from the north side. And as you drive down, you can the, the, the highway takes you around the, um, the east side of the city. You see Minute Maid Park, and it kind of loops you through. And as you come to the south side, on the right-hand side of 59, you see a huge sign, a huge sign, pardon me, and it says Lakewood Church. And then, not even a hundred yards further, up on the building, you see an even greater letters, even bigger sign, Joel Osteen Ministries. And I, it, it caught me funny. Is that what a pastor is supposed to do? Now, when you drive around Texas, it's, it's known as the Bible Belt, right? Uh, or a lot of it is. And so when you're driving through Texas, you see billboards everywhere of churches. And on most of the church billboards, you'll see a picture of the pastor. Sometimes with the name, sometimes without. But the question then comes back to is, Why does the pastor have to have a picture on the billboard? Is that what what attracts someone to go to church? So it begs us as believers, it begs us as Christians and non-Christians alike to ask the question, what does it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean to actually have a man in your life that is a pastor? And how are we supposed to judge who they are and, and what they're doing with inside the four walls of the church? And so right now, we're going to take a look at that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to first start talking about the qualifications of a pastor. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Titus. The book of Titus. Now, Titus was a pastor. He was an overseer um, to the uh, land or the the area of Crete. Um, And he was charged by the Apostle Paul to be an overseer. And so this is the letter written to Titus from the Apostle Paul. The book of Titus, we're going to start in chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. It says this, This is why I left you in Crete. So that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So now he's kind of overseeing all of the churches in that area. He says this in verse 6. If anyone is above reproach, this is a qualification now. If anyone is above reproach, the husband, qualification, the husband of one wife and his children, qualification, are believers. And not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Verse 7. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. Another qualification. Again, he must not be arrogant. Okay, qualification. He can't be prideful or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. These are all qualifications. He cannot be those things. He must then... Verse 8, be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. These are all qualifications of a pastor. I want you to think about the church that you go to. Does your pastor fit these qualifications? That does not mean that he is perfect. That does not mean that he is uh, being to put on some pedestal, but Are these the things that you can look at him and say, wow, he is upright, he's honorable, he's hospitable, he's not an angry man, he's not violent, even behind closed doors. These are all qualifications for the pastor. He can't be arrogant. That's a big one. He cannot be greedy for gain. These are all major things. Verse 10. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Now he's talking here about the circumcision party were Judaizers who were trying to get converts, Jews who were converted, to come back to the the Jewish law and the Jewish ways and and making new converts, even Gentiles, to then be circumcised to show that they were now uh, sealed for God's purpose. And it wasn't true. It it was empty. It was deceiving. It was um, foolishness. Verse 11, They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. If your pastor is teaching things that he should not be teaching for gain for greedy gain. This man is not an actual pastor. I want you to think about who is your pastor and are he or are he is he meeting these qualifications? Verse 12, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. Verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. We're going to keep going here in a minute, but I want you to notice that the qualifications that are laid out for an overseer above reproach, not arrogant, not quick-tempered, not violent, not greedy for gain, but one who holds the truth, who's peaceful, self-controlled, Has a family, a husband of one wife, children who loved the Lord because they were taught how to love the Lord. They were were raised up knowing who God is and the importance of Him being in their lives. Again, doesn't mean the children are perfect. Teenagers, trust me, teenagers go through crazy times and crazy seasons. We all sin. That's why we all need a Savior. Believers aren't perfect, but believers continue to move forward. And when they do mess up, they confess their sins to the Lord. And if they sin against somebody else, they ask for forgiveness from those people as they offer forgiveness to others according to the Lord's Prayer. So now we have the qualifications. We have this picture of what our pastor is supposed to be. We have this picture of how he is supposed to operate in his day-to-day, every life, everyday life, right? So now we see what this is supposed to look like. So then what does a pastor do? So as we go through this, I'm going to keep asking the question for you to think about your pastor and does he meet these qualifications? Does Your pastor meet the qualifications. And does he do what the Bible says a pastor is supposed to do? We keep reading in Titus chapter 2. But as for you, he's talking to Titus. Paul is. Teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded In all respects, to be a model of good works, and in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may, not, may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. I want you to notice this. The teaching that is supposed to come out of a pastor's mouth is supposed to be sound doctrine sound doctrine. It is so important that the faith once delivered for all the saints that the book of Jude says. This same faith that was taught 2,000 years ago is the same faith that is taught today. Why? Because it is the only faith that is a saving, grace-filled faith. It is the only faith that places full, full trust in and surrender into Jesus Christ's hands, into what he did for us through his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, all of that shapes our Christian faith, and that is what it stands upon. So, your pastor should be one who is modeling this with their good works and in their teaching, show integrity, dignity, And sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. The sound doctrine means that nobody is going to be able to break through that doctrine. Yeah, there may be skeptics out there, there may be people who come against you, but when put to the test, is the doctrine, the teachings that your pastor gives you, are they substantial enough to stand solely? on scripture, not upon opinion of man, but upon the opinion of the word of God, upon the truth and the standard of the word of God. If you turn one book back, for me, it's just one page. Second Timothy chapter four. It also shows what Timothy was being charged with as a pastor to Ephesus, Paul, this is the, his last letter. He's at the end of his life. And he says these words to young Timothy. He says this, I charge you, verse 1 of chapter 4, I, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. And out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine, but have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. A pastor is to preach The word being ready in season and out of season. He, because of the qualifications, because he's living above reproach, because he has his home in order, because he's a man who is not quick tempered or violent, he is of sound mind, he is self controlled, he is able and has read the Bible and been with the Lord enough to be able to preach the word, not his words, the word of God. He's able to do that in season and out of season. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be ready to do that. And what does that teaching, what does that preaching of the word do? It reproves, it rebukes, and exhorts. It is something that, that refines the believer. So when we go to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Saturday or we listen to a message on YouTube, the pastor who is preaching, who we allow to speak into our lives with the Word of God, the pastor who is preaching, better be doing something that's refining who we are as people. And I'm not talking about giving us life skills. I'm not talking about utilizing the Word and and, and twisting things to make you feel better. The word of God is encouraging enough, but it is something that is reproving, it's refining, it's rebuking at points, and it's exhorting and encouraging us to live our lives in submission to Christ Jesus. I want to turn one last place, um, and it, it's a it's a beautiful place in the Bible, Acts chapter twenty. Paul is speaking to. Um, to to the ephesians the ephesian elders and um we're going to start in verse 25 of acts chapter 20 and it says this and now behold i know that none of you oh sorry and now behold i know that none of you among whom i have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again therefore i testify to you this day that i am innocent of the blood of all for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. He, as as, a, as an apostle, he taught pastors that it is important to proclaim the whole counsel of the word of God. This is why churches are not meant to just have one emphasis. It shouldn't just be about how much faith you can have. The church shouldn't be solely centered around giving. The the church shouldn't be solely around evangelism. The, The church shouldn't be solely around end times. The church should have the whole counsel of the word of God being delivered by the pastor who has been blessed enough to be put into that position. Verse 28, pay careful attention To yourselves and to all the flock. See, he's speaking to the leaders of the church of Ephesus. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers or pastors to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men with twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Now, notice there, he said, Even among you, the elders, the pastors, there will be people out of you who will t- start to twist things and to draw disciples unto yourself. Verse 31. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, night or day, to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified, I coveted no one's gold or silver or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself even said, It is more blessed to give than to receive a pastor is not meant to be one who is greedy and gaining and always accumulating for himself or or even the church staff all this money to 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 have fine over the over the top houses i'm not talking about a, a pastor making a living that that's completely fine i'm talking about the over the top greedy gain that pastors sometimes do they're not it's not meant to be that way Pastors are meant to hold tightly to sound doctrine, preach the word, extend the whole counsel of the word of God, building up, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's not about how well you can do in your life. It's about what can you do with your life for God? How can you reach other people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can you help disciple them? Well, you can help disciple them by having a pastor who's discipling you. And then you can turn around with that equipped heart and begin to speak life into other people by using what you've learned and how you've grown. You see, a pastor is an incredibly strong uh, piece in God's kingdom. But that piece is supposed to be held with such humility and saying, I'm here to serve, not to be served. So once again, I want you to look at your pastor. I want you to think and ask the question, does my pastor meet these qualifications? That's number one. And number two, does my pastor equip the saints for the work of the ministry? Does he do the office does he, does he minister in a way that the Bible says a pastor should minister? Does he hold the sound doctrine? And if you don't know if he's holding the sound doctrine or not, here's the best thing that you can do. The best thing. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he commended the Bereans for doing what I'm about to tell you. So this isn't just me saying, giving you an idea. The Apostle Paul told the Bereans in, uh, in the book of Acts, I forget what chapter, but he commended them. For being ones who went back and studied the scripture to make sure that what they were being taught was correct. So when one of your pastor, if a pastor is up front in front of you, and he and he and he just starts spouting off, you know, in the book of this and in the book of that, well, look up, like write down those scriptures, and even later that day, go home, reread the passages that he preaches to you. If what he's preaching doesn't line up with the word of God, there's error. That doesn't mean that he's a false teacher. That doesn't mean that he's a false prophet. What that means is, is there's error. Well, you keep doing this week after week, week after week. And if there's more and more error, then you go to him and you explain to him, I found a lot of errors. How, how, help me. And that's the how the conversation goes. And if it doesn't change, then you find a pastor who's going to preach the word of God soundly. To you. Whether it's one of the big names that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, or if it's somebody in the local church with a small congregation, doesn't matter. Every pastor is charged to preach the word with sound doctrine, with the same faith that was once delivered for all the saints. It's important. It's important that we understand what it is, the qualifications, and what they are supposed to do. I want to encourage you today do this for the health of your family. Do this for the health of your Christian walk. It's important. And may the Lord our God continue to bless you in all that you do. And until next episode, we'll see you next time.